Hi, I'm Rochelle, and I have seasonal affective disorder. If you don't know what that is, then you've got a lot of learning to do. Throughout my 30 years suffering from seasonal affective disorder, I have dealt with a lot of things, a lot of people, and a lot of different situations that have led me to where I am today. I invite you to have a listen. You'll find all kinds of different topics related to seasonal depression and depression in general. And we try to keep it light and easy, so it's time for my sad self. Welcome, welcome. I hope you've had a wonderful week. I've had an okay week. I've recovered since my last episode, and I'm feeling better about things. This week I want to talk about nature, specifically how nature makes us feel how nature has always been something that humans have connected with. If you think back to when we were cavemen people, everything that we did revolved around the seasons, the sun. We knew when we were supposed to hunt certain things. We knew when we were supposed to plant certain things. We knew when to go to bed and when to wake up. The sun really told us everything we needed. As we've developed and as technology has developed, We have lost that connection with Mother Nature, even though we are genetically programmed to be a part of her, part of the planet. We've taken over and made ourselves the rulers of the planet, and that's where we're running into so many issues around the world. But I don't really want to talk about the whole world. I just want to talk about me, about us, about me and you, how we are disconnected from our natural genetics of being a part of nature, of getting your vitamin D, getting their sunshine, being outdoors. There is a scientific area of research called biophilia hypothesis. And what that is, is is what I just described. Humans have a biological need to connect with nature. That is the biophilia hypothesis. People are trying to disprove that, but every time they try, they are reinforcing the fact that humans have a biological need to connect with nature. And we've become disconnected with nature. We spend over 90% of our time indoors. We're sitting down. We're in houses. We're in cars. We're on buses. There's artificial light. There's circulating air. Even our communication is turned into electronics, and we barely talk to each other anymore. If you think about our cities, there's poor urban planning. A lot of places don't have parks Some places don't even have trees. If you live in a downtown metropolis kind of place, you're not going to have a lot of trees around you. We've we've lost that importance of nature. And I'm not saying everyone, but people in general don't think about nature when you're out in nature. You don't even think about it, really. All of this stuff has led to so much stress. We have so much stress from our jobs. We have stress from our family. We have stress from our broken down car and our toilets not flushing and things are spinning around in our head and causing physical reactions that are raising our blood pressure and releasing cortisol, the stress hormone, and making us feel so tense. Our muscles become tighter. We have sleep issues. We have trouble eating or we get ulcers or digestive problems. And we're not moving. We're not exercising. Our bone density starts to drop. We just don't benefit from the stress that we are feeling. There's no positive aspect 
But as we've developed, we've created more stress. When you're stressed out, you're not worried about little Johnny's feelings when you snap at him because he wanted a toy while you were grocery shopping. You end up focusing on yourself. I'm so stressed. I want this. I want that. You become disconnected from other people. Some people have other people raise their children for them just so they don't have to have that added stress. And of course, you decrease the value of other living things, people, animals, the environment. How many people are on the go, 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 picking up the food that's processed and bad for you, and then not thinking about where the packaging goes or how did the oceans get so full of plastic? People don't think of stuff like that when they're under stress. They forget that the planet relies on us to keep it healthy. And I've always been an advocate for everything that you do matters. Every single person matters. You just need one small action. If everybody took one small action, then there'd be a lot of results. We've ended up afraid of our own world. Mothers are afraid to let their kids walk to school by themselves. We're afraid of other people. We are suspicious and doubting, and we just don't know who we can trust. Whereas if you think back to before we are all socially developed, if you want to call it that, we all work together as one tribe to make sure that we all survived the winter. We had clothing, we had food, we had shelter. We hunted for our group. We didn't hunt for ourselves. Everything had to be done as a group. Now, there have been all kinds of studies done to prove that people are genetically connected to nature and that nature is connected to humans. When you go out into nature, say for a walk in the park, your blood pressure drops, the stress goes down. You're not focusing on all those things that are spinning around in your head. You're focusing on the sunshine or the leaves or the ducks floating on the water or whatever it is that you love to watch. I like anything that sparkles. I'm like a crow. And sparkling water just makes me really happy. And I live by a lake and sometimes the sparkles will reflect off the lake into my window and onto the ceiling in my house, which I think is awesome. Your attention is diverted and you're not so focused on everything else. You get to escape from all the pressure you're under. Your obligations aren't as important. Just for that moment, that 10 minutes or 15 minutes you take to go outside and appreciate nature changes your whole body chemistry. I did a talk a couple of weekends ago about nature and how nature heals. And that led me to thinking about depression and the plant world and how our bodies need to be connected to the earth. There's microbes in the soil that reduce a substance your body absorbs through the skin. It goes into your bloodstream and it actually boosts your mood. If you're not out there digging in the dirt, you don't get that extra bonus. Same with grounding. Your whole body is made up of electrons. There's positive ones and negative ones. The negative ones are natural. They're good for you. And the positive ones are everything we get bombarded with through electronics. You need to go out in nature and get those natural negative ions to cancel out the positive ones. If you do this with physical contact between your skin and the actual ground, within two seconds, your body starts to change just by touching parts of the earth. It's important to be with nature, like be part of nature and just focus on being in nature. I'm talking about grounding and I'm talking about putting your hands in the dirt. And here in Nova Scotia, it's cold. 
there's a foot of snow on the ground. I'm not going outside with a giant pick and digging a hole until I get through the frost line. I'm going to get houseplants. It's been scientifically proven that taking care of houseplants has the same effect as being outside and taking care of a garden. You're getting that reduction in your anxiety, your depression is eased off a little bit, your blood pressure goes down. It's all the same, except that you have plants in your home that are making you feel better. People who care for plants, they are more empathetic and more compassionate towards other people. They tend to be more relaxed. Whether you're walking out in the woods or you're taking care of plants, you're escaping from the pressure of the world. You're just looking at that new leaf that came out or the flower bud that's about to open. You're really focused on taking care of something, nurturing something. All that stress and anxiety that you feel when you came home from work and you're overwhelmed and stressed out and you need to decompress, having plants in your house is an instant reminder of being in nature. It's an instant response. As soon as you see those plants, your body starts to react you wander over, you look at them, pick off a dead leaf or whatever, but you've connected with nature and you've suddenly forgotten about the stresses. They've actually linked taking care of plants to a type of meditation. Because your mind is cleared and you're only focusing on the things you need to do and they're routine tasks, you're watering, you're trimming, you're deadheading, you're doing the things that the plant needs to live and you're in a meditative state. I guess that's why the Japanese people do the bonsai trees. You see people spending hours just trimming and shaping the plants with wires. I can see how that could be meditative, where you're trying to picture how you want the plant to grow and what you need to do to achieve it and what parts can stay and what parts can go. Kind of like your whole life. Parts can stay, what parts can go. How do you want it to go? Taking care of plants gives you a sense of responsibility. This plant relies on you. It needs you to take care of it. Taking care of plants is easy. It's something anybody can do. You can purchase a plant at a supermarket. I do recommend doing a little bit of research because there are plants that prefer to have bright light. There's other plants that can handle low light. There's ones that need to be in a bright window and others that will actually get burnt if you leave them in a bright window. So you just need to do a little bit of research. A good plant to start with is a snake plant. I don't know if you've ever seen one, but it's just basically long speared leaves that come out under the soil. They go straight up into the air. You can get all kinds of different ones with different patterns on them. They're also called mother-in-law's tongue because the edges of the leaves are really sharp. <laughs> anyway, zig plants are really unusual because most plants, when they photosynthesize, when they make their food, they do it in the daytime and then at night they release carbon dioxide. But snake plants actually do the opposite. And at night, they produce oxygen, and in the daytime, they absorb carbon dioxide. It's really a good plant to have in your bedroom. And a lot of people will say to get any benefit, you'd have to have hundreds of plants in your house, but hey, it can't hurt to have one, right? Things that they're filtering out of the air are mostly toxins that come from paint that's finished on your floor. If your furniture is flame-resistant, there's formaldehyde and benzene in the air. They found evidence of these toxins in all homes. Formaldehyde's even in cardboard, so how do you avoid it? Another reason I like the snake plant is because it's so resilient. If you forget about it a little bit, it's okay. So it's stoic. Another one that I really like is the peace lily. Peace lilies will neutralize indoor chemicals, 
And they're also to believe to help people flourish physically and mentally and spiritually because peace lilies symbolize peace, tranquility, prosperity, purification, solitude. Peace lilies have so much symbolism that when you look at them, they kind of remind you to take the time to take care of yourself. If you're somebody who likes to talk to their plants, don't say anything to your peace lily that you wouldn't say to yourself. So positive affirmations for peace lilies. Which leads us back to the fact that caring for plants actually helps you care for yourself. I know for a fact that when I'm not feeling well, my plants don't look good because I'm just not paying attention to them. And when I'm in a good mood, my plants are all healthy and really nice. So it's kind of a reflection on how you feel. You want them to be healthy all the time, but it doesn't always work out that way. Having that connection with nature indoors in the wintertime is so key for people who are suffering with, with depression and seasonal affective disorder. It's really important to remember to take care of yourself. And taking care of a plant is something that you can do very easily and very quickly and very inexpensively to help boost your mood. Maybe you want to choose plants that have a great smell. Maybe you want to grow lavender in the house to help you relax. Maybe you want to grow a rainbow of plants and you choose plants of all different colors and you have an amazing splash of color on your windowsill. And maybe you're like me and you have cats and you have to be very careful on which plants you choose because one of the little buggers likes to eat them. So all my plants are up high or hanging from the ceiling. It's really your own choice, your own preference, setting up your own private little space. Start with a cactus or a succulent. And just so you know, all cacti are succulents, but all succulents are not cacti. Succulents include cacti. Cacti have these little bumps called aerials, which is where the spines or hairs grow out of. If they don't have that, then they're just a succulent. And now you know. I guess what I'm trying to say is find something that benefits you, that makes you feel good. I'm a horticulturalist, so plants for me are my go-to. When I'm feeling good, they get attention every day. But like I said, when I'm feeling bad, they get ignored, which isn't fair to the poor little plants. Self-care. Self-care is really important. You need to find something that makes you feel good. And you need to remember to do that thing, whether it's drawing or writing or painting or taking care of plants. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to remember, stick to your routine. Make time in your day to do these things that you love to do, to remember to enjoy life, to live in the now, not focusing on what might be or what has been, but focusing on today. I really hope that you're taking everything to heart and that you've been trying this winter to talk nicely to yourself and to do things that you enjoy and to not dread the winter, but think of positive things about winter and this season because the days are getting longer now. The spring equinox has passed. And we're actually on our way out of the doldrums. I've seen pictures posted of, on Facebook of the first little crocuses starting to pop out. And for me, those first little spring blooms are the sign of life. I love the spring bulbs. So yes, people, we've gotten through the worst part of it. A lot of people say that February is the worst part. Well, we're in March. And March leads to April, and April leads to flowers and sunshine and warmth and all oh, the things that I love so much. 
and miss so much. I hope you learned something today. I hope you want to go out and get a plant. I really think everybody should have a plant. If you have kids around, getting them to know about plants and feeding their plants. If you haven't started feeding your plants yet, you should because they're starting to actively grow as the days get longer. So you got to get some, some fertilizer. If you have any questions, send them to me because I can answer them for you. So that is my take on humans and nature and plants and positivity and self-care and nurturing and everything that I know about plants and nature. I really believe that people have to spend more time in nature. We can't do it this time of year. Well, I mean, we can. We can bundle up and go outside. But if you're like me, I don't think I've been outside for more than an hour all winter. I get all my nature therapy from my plants in the house. So that's the episode for this week. I hope you are taking care of yourself. Oh, I almost forgot. I have to draw out my loving note. Here we go. What does it say here? When you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. Oh, that's cool. If When you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. Be the sunshine. When life gives you crap, dip it in glitter and shine and sparkle. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to go rest my throat and I hope that you all have a wonderful week. I'm actually going to be away next week, but I'm going to have a pre-recorded episode for you. I just want you to know that I'm here. I believe in you. You are amazing. And you don't have to be sad by yourself. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Rochelle Gregg or on Facebook at Rochelle Gregg. Thanks again, and I hope to see you next time.